Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, powered by Greg Fay Insurance. Go to gregfayinsurance.com right now and get your quote today. Protect the things that matter most. Today on the podcast, Shayna Rattler. Shayna is an author, a speaker, a podcaster, a coach. I'm telling you, she has got so much wisdom for you today, especially when you want to dive into this idea about assignments versus callings, your purpose, all these kind of things. She's got a great little way of breaking this down. We had such a good conversation today. Also, I got to be a guest on her podcast, and so just a phenomenal synergy happening there. Do me a favor, go follow her. Let her know that you saw her on the Reclamation Podcast. Her Instagram is a god shift. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. I know you're going to love this conversation and her energy. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Shayna Rattler. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have author, speaker, podcaster, executive coach, marketer extraordinaire, Shana Rattler. Shana, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I've been looking forward to it for a while now. Yeah, we first met a couple of um, months ago. I guess my guess it has been months now at yeah. the Spark Media Conference. Uh, you were a speaker there. You did a f- phenomenal job and you've got such a heart for ministry. Um, so it was so good to meet you in person. Yes, absolutely. And I, you, you changed my perspective of how I, you know, I'm a marketer. Like I've been in marketing almost all my life. I'm currently a marketing executive for a leading technology company. And when you started talking about avatars, you like disrupted my entire way of thinking about marketing from the standpoint of an avatar. And I'm going to personally tell you more about what I've created when we, when we end up today. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful for the conversation that you had as well. Praise God. I love that. I, I love that God was able to use that time together to to disrupt some things. And and actually, that's a, that's a great term, disruption, because you've kind of become an expert in disruption. You've done a lot of different things. And so before we jump into your story, I always kind of like to start from the macro. How would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life? <sighs> He's given me a new assignment um, that I wasn't excited about at first, but I was telling a very good friend of mine this morning that the reason why the Lord gives me so many ideas and so many opportunities is because he knows that he can trust me with them. Like, even if it's something that I don't want to do, he knows that I'll just throw my toddler tantrum for about five to seven minutes, maybe 10. And then after that, I'll get excited and I'll, you know, go guns blazing for whatever it is that he asked me to do. But in every season of my life, he has just called me to be a bold, courageous, life-changing child of God. And I am committed to whatever assignment he gives me in the season. In a previous assignment, I did talk a lot about disruption. The conversation that you heard me speak on was, you know, why God chooses to disrupt our lives. And more mm. importantly, how many of us, even believers, have been ill-equipped to understand how to respond appropriately when he does use the forms of disruption that he uses. And so that's why I describe, you know, he, he gives me different assignments. You know, that's a conversation for maybe later in the thing. But I think many of us confuse calling and assignment. And, you know, I'm called to preach. I'm called to teach. I'm called to be a voice for Jesus. He just gives me different assignments every, you know, few years. And so whatever assignment he gives me, he's really called me to be bold and courageous. That's who I've been as a child. And I'm a voice that will say what needs to be said 
Um, I don't worry about cancel cancel culture. You know, I'm just going to say what the Lord gives me. I love that. I, I, I imagine that there's somebody listening right now who's like, uh, Shana, I want a new assignment and I feel like God's kept me in the same place for years and years. H- how do you discern God's voice? And, and obviously your, your story involves a lot of different assignments mm-hmm. and yet there's probably somebody listening who's only had one, um, how do you discern the difference between God's assignment and God's love? Um, you know, it's difficult. First of all, I just want to give a little bit of clarity to four words that people mix up all the time because I think it'll help with this. Do it. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's calling, assignment, purpose, and destiny. How often do we hear people use those four words interchangeably as if they're synonyms? And so I want to give you what I've created as what I think are real um, workable definitions for those words that can help people understand maybe the Lord really has not given them just one. So an Mm. assignment is who you help and assignments change with the seasons. Your calling is how you help them. You're called to teach, you're called to speak, you're called to be a business owner. Your purpose is why you're here. What is the impact that the Lord is calling you to have in your assignments and through your calling. And your destiny is where your purpose is taking you. And what I find, Pastor Pony, is that many people don't give themselves permission to let go of expired seasons because they confuse it with what it is that God is calling them to do. And so I have yet to meet very many people, at a cer- especially at a certain age of their life, that the Lord has only given them one assignment. Because assignments often change with the seasons. Now, he may have called you to be a preacher or a teacher or a pastor, but has your has has has, is there a need for the message to change? Are the voices that are the people who are assigned to your voice has that shifted? That's how assignments change. And so, again, I'm not going to say that there's somebody that's listening that the Lord has only given you one assignment in your entire life. But I'm only, I'll be 46 years old and oh my gosh, it's December 1st. I'll be 46 years old in 15 days. And the Mm. Lord has given me multiple assignments, but my purpose has never changed. My purpose has always been to show people how they can manifest the fullest potential that God has put in them. I did it as a, as a preteen volunteering in a nursing home. I went to school to be an occupational therapist. I went on to be a business coach and I'm now in this Christian space in a lot of different ways. So my assignment has changed, but every single assignment that I've had, that same purpose has been there. I've been helping people to manifest the fullest potential that God put in them. And if you find me 15 years from now, and I'm not doing an assignment that is attached to that purpose, it's probably not an assignment that the Lord has called me to. I think that's very beautifully stated, and it's going to add a lot of clarity to uh, to so many leaders who are listening. How, how do you know when an assignment's over? I think there's a lot of indications, but some of the primary ones that I see with people that I talk to is if that thing that you were pursuing that you used to be so passionate about is now feeling like a chore, it may be an expired season or an Mm. assignment. 
if you are at a crossroads, do I stay in this direction? Do I go, do I go a, a different direction? Do you find yourself grumbling and complaining? Do you find yourself saying, Lord, I feel like I have accomplished everything that you have set me out to do, but there's still a rumbling in my belly for something more, not more stuff, but more another level of significance. Oftentimes it's because the Lord is calling you to a, to a new season and a new assignment. Sometimes, and this is where you have to discern the difference. Sometimes it's just time to pause rest, regroup, and hit it again. You know, it tells us Mm. in the Bible, it talks about striking the ground again. Sometimes you're feeling those things for a number of reasons that we probably don't have time to get into, but sometimes you're feeling those things because it is time to step back and regroup so that you can attack your assignment with a new level of vigor. But oftentimes it's because the Lord needs you somewhere next. You know, and he's not always going to give you all the details. You know, he told Abram, go to the land that I will show you. And so I I think that those are some of the common things that you will experience when it's time to let go of an expired season. But you have to pray and ask the Lord for the discernment to know the difference. Lord, are you asking me to pause and regroup and strike the ground again in the same area? Or do you need me somewhere next? And somewhere next is not always what you need to do. Sometimes the Lord is calling you to become a newer version of yourself for the next assignment that he has for you. I think uh, this is one of those topics that a lot of people really lean into. And I think part of the reason that we lean in is because if you're anything like me, sometimes I get scared, like I'm going to mess it up. Yeah. And so I, I'm, you've been doing this for a long time. You've got great language around it. You've obviously your, your podcast, The God Shift, is kind of all about these kind of next seasons. L- let me ask you this. What, what happens when we get it wrong? God is the best GPS system that is out there. And you know how when your 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 GPS tells you go to go a certain direction and you go the opposite direction, what does it do? It reroutes and it gets you back on track. Yeah. I say everything is figure outable because God is the best GPS system. But here's I also believe that when we take risks, that's when we make when we get really give God room to work. And so for people that are like, well, how do I know? The answer might shock you. I say you don't have to 100 percent know. Can you just know enough? If you sense just a small percentage of something that the Lord might be asking you to do, unless it's contradictory to what it says in the Bible, I say take take steps towards it and see how God responds. If you're going in a direction that he doesn't want you to, to take, he'll reroute you just like the GPS and he'll send you a different direction. But the problem is, is that Think about Psalms 119 and 105 when it says the word will be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Many of us won't take a step because we can't see into the distance and the Lord never promised us that he would be a light into the distance. He said, I'll be a light into your path. So if you have a little inkling of what that path may be, take a step. I was just telling someone about 10 minutes before we joined that there's too many, there's so many people that there's so much that you can do with what God has already said instead of waiting on what he's going to say next. And I can guarantee you that he's not going to say anything next if you haven't at least taken a step towards what it is that he told you last. He, and then that's your path. And then he will light the next path. We never know. I call it creating in a vacuum. If we're just going to sit at our desks and always create in a vacuum what it is that we're going to do, Then you start taking steps and you realize, oh, well, there's a lot of other factors that I should have taken into consideration. I didn't think about this. I should do that. So why not just go, Lord, I think that this is what you want me to do. Now, let me take the first step towards it and then just sit back and see how you respond. 
So many of us would be where it is that he desires for us to be if we wouldn't get stuck in number one, recognizing the how is none of our business. And number two, saying you don't have to 1000 percent. No, is it Lord? Is it me or is it you? Does it matter? Take a step and see how he responds. And I guarantee you, you'll figure out if it's you or him. Have you ever thought about giving pregame football warm up speeches? I'm ready to run through a wall right now. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> CNN, ESPN, if you're listening, I would be more than happy to take that on. Get me fired up. can fund my assignment. (laughs) Um, You you know, obviously no one is making these kind of life choices in a vacuum. You have a community around you. You're making bold, courageous leaps of faith. How much does your community impact your ability to make that decision? I would say that my community um, supports me when I'm like, I I don't quite know if it should be this or that, or what should I call it? I have always been the type of child, Pastor Tony, that I've always been bold and courageous. I now know how to channel it appropriately as an adult, but um, I was a heathen. I did what I wanted to do. I knew that there was going to be consequences and I didn't care. You can't make me do anything I don't want to do. I've got this idea, whatever it is, good, bad, or indifferent, and I am charging towards it regardless of what happens. That's just like always the person that I've been. And so I think I was sharing with you before we started that the reason why I think I get so many ideas and people are like, why do you get a prophetic word everywhere you go? Because the Lord knows that he can trust me to activate what he gives me. And Mm -hmm. I've always been that. I just know how to channel it appropriately now. And so I'm grateful for my support system and the groups that are around me because there's people in there that some of them are smarter than me. There's some of them that have done more than I've done. There's some of them that are gifted in areas that I'm weaker. And so it's always good to have someone like, I don't know if you met Linda Goldfarb when we were at Spark or not, but I'm the type of person that I can't figure out what to call it. What I want to call it is dumb. I know what it should say, but I have no idea how to say it. Why would I sit there for hours tearing up shreds of paper and still never love when I can just text Linda and say, I need to know what to call this next thing. Will you help me? Hmm. And then the very first words that come out of her mouth, like make the hairs on my arms stand up. So my community, I don't know that my community helps me become bold and courageous because that's the identity and authority that I know that God has given me. But my group definitely does help me support where I'm going and how I'm getting there. Um, and and it's, it's always great to have people around you that you can say, what do you think about this? Or look what I've created. I now want you to poke holes in it. Help me find what could be better. So, I mean, you've got your hands in about a million things all the time is what I best I can tell. Right. Like, so, you know, you've got the podcast and you're an author and you're speaking and you're doing the marketing stuff. Um, what does your what does the breadth of your your work look like? Like if, if somebody's like, what is it that you do? How would you describe the answer? I say I'm a Christian communicator. Oh. <laughs> and then somebody says, what's that mean? Chana? Yeah. What's that mean? And, and I say, you know, because, you know, when people read my fancy bio and stuff, they're like, she transforms Christian lives from the page to the platform. Because, but if you think about everything that I do, in my life, it all comes down to communication. It's either verbal or written communication. I'm always writing something or I'm always saying something. And so I say that I'm a Christian communicator. I'm building a Christian media empire. <laughs> and then and then all the other stuff is, you know, that's the stuff they're like, oh, I love that. I'm like, you don't want to ask any questions. It's all boring after that. <laughs> it involves a bunch of spreadsheets and 
you know, in, in, in writing and tearing up stuff because you don't like it and calling people to say, how do I call it? But, um, but yeah, that's what I do. Like in this new season, you know, the Lord is really calling me to raise up an army of women that are willing to fight against this rising trend of opposition against God. And anyone that knows me knows that I've always worked really hard, whether I was in the marketplace or whether I was in the ministry world. I've always worked really hard to have a, I think this is the only time that it's appropriate in this day and age to say gender neutral, to have a gender neutral brand and a ethnic neutral brand. I've never wanted to be, now don't, don't get me wrong. It's very common for your audience to marry you. I'm a black woman, so it's common for there to be a lot of black women that are in my audience. You're a white male. It's common to have a lot of white males who are in your audience. But I always wanted to not be, I never wanted to have the brand that was just for women or just for black people or just, you know. And so when the Lord said, I'm calling you to raise up an army of women, I said, but you know, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And not because like, oh, women have hurt me or I don't get along with women or the things that a lot of women say that they were hesitant about working with women when the Lord calls them to that. I've just always never wanted to niche myself down to just one gender. And so when the Lord said, I'm calling you to raise up an army of women, I had my five to seven minute Tyler tantrum. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, okay, but you know, I will. So what do you want me to do with these women? And so, so yeah, I'm, I'm fired up and charged up about the fact that, you know, there's a, there's a rising trend of opposition to God in our families and our schools and our communities and beyond. And I am excited to work with women leaders who already have godly influence and authority mm-hmm. in their, in their own spheres, rightfully so. It's not all ministry, but they want to know, how can I take what I'm already doing and blaze this trail to shut down some of the enemy's plans because I'm tired of seeing all this opposition to God in my own homes, on television. I'm, I'm tired of the foolishness. It's time out for that. And I'm not wanting to create something new, but I am wanting to occupy the space that the Lord has given me, whether it's secular, whether it's in the corporate market, wherever it is. And I want to say, what can I do to play a role in returning the world back to God's original purpose? Because this foolishness has gone far enough. So I'm fired up about that assignment. Amen. I love that. And I honestly, I love, um, I love the way you talk about being a Christian communicator and, and lifting up voices. And, and I think you're spot on with in terms of we tend to, um, we tend to bring people closest to us who look like us. Yeah. That's who we attract, you know? And so there, there are a lot of white male leaders who are listening right now. And you are a, a biracial uh, person of color, like woman leader. Help us get better. How, how do we, be more intentional about creating spaces at the tables that we get to sit at or that we get to lead and and create a more kingdom-minded approach yeah. to this sort of work? A couple of things. Number one is maybe not easy for some people to do depending on their upbringing and their past experiences, but try to let go of your preconceived notions. Hmm. Um, you know, some of us, depending on what denominations we've been from, we've been taught that women shouldn't preach. Um, you know, I grew up in the I grew up in the household. I was raised predominantly by my father. My father is black. My mother is white. And um, my grandfather, he was actually my step grandfather, but he's the only grandfather that I know. He grew up referring to black people as colored. He didn't mean anything by it at all. He never used it in a negative connotation. But he's from the World War II era and black people were colored. <laughs> that's what that's what they called them. 
And so I could never get him to see it as anything. It didn't matter to me because I'm one of those people that I'm like, don't call me African-American. I think that's kind of weird. Just call me black. It's not that big of a deal. I'm going to call you white. You call me black. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but but on a, on a kingdom level, I would say we can't change what we don't love. Yeah. And so if you can focus on the love of God and the love of people and you lead with that, I think that it's going to put you in a position to be able to break down any other barriers and being willing to, um, I love to have conversations with people unless, you know, like I've had like real witches that want to come on my podcast and I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be talking against witchcraft and let you come on here and teach people how to do it effectively. But outside of that, like, you know, I used to do what was called faith first leadership and I would have people on my podcast that were of different faiths because I think that it's healthy for us to have dialogues with other people and recognize where we're similar and where are we different and are there ways that for a kingdom purpose that we can come together and have conversations and sometimes change minds. Sometimes people need to change our own minds about the way that we view the world and the way that we see people and how we do things. And I think, you know, talking about this rising trend of opposition to God, I think that it has to be unity. Unity has to be there and we have to be willing to lead with God's love and, and, and the grace that God has given us if we're going to change. And we have to have a desire to see it change because there's some yeah. people that are like, listen, I've got to be honest with you. Every conference I've been, every all the speakers have looked, looked the same. Every podcast episode I've had, every speakers have looked the same. And I may have not even done it intentionally. But now when I'm kind of looking back at the grid, I want to change that. And so I think we have to have a we have a heart to want to see things change and we have to recognize that we can't change what we what we don't first love and we have to ask ourselves do I wake up every day to try to lead with love and I think that a lot of the other things will just naturally follow um, if if we do that. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Shana to remind you to check out the Life and Leadership newsletter. Every single week we try to put out some of our best content only to our newsletter guests. So that's like what I'm writing now, um, what I'm thinking about, resources, podcasts that I'm guests on, all of that information is in the newsletter. So if you want more resources to walk with integrity, to walk with life and leadership, you've got to sign up. Go to follow the number two leadcoaching.com. That's the best place. Follow the number two leadcoaching.com. Now let's finish up this conversation with Shana. Yeah, I think that's a really great word. We can't change what we don't love. That's going to resonate with a lot of the leaders. Um, so let me ask you, this is probably an unfair question. So uh, forgive me in advance, but how, how do you, um, how do you learn to love something that hasn't loved you back? It's, it's a tough one, um, but it starts with a made up mind. Mm. I think most things in life start with a made up mind. Um, let's look at it from the simple standpoint. You want to lose weight. Right. We know what it takes to lose weight. We don't have to hire people. We know what it takes to move late to lose weight. Push away from the table a little bit more and move your body a little bit more. But until we have a made up mind, as simple as it is, we're not going to do that. Hmm. And so, number one, like, let's just say someone has hurt you and you're finding it really difficult to forgive that person. You're feeling really you're finding a really hard time loving them or maybe even loving yourself again. You first have to have a made up mind that. 
can I do it scared? Can I do it angry? Can I at least attempt to do it even though it doesn't feel comfortable? And then secondly, don't try to do it alone. There are so many, it really bothers me. Hear my heart on this. It bothers me when I go places and people are crying about something that happened to them 40 years ago as if it was 40 minutes ago. Mm. And the reason why it bothers me is because there are too many tools and resources that are out there that could help us move past what it is that happened in our lives. And so we started this conversation talking about disruption. The Lord allows things to happen in our lives. He wants it to be something that is a tool that grows us, develops us, and moves us forward. But too often times, we're not really taught how to understand why those things are happening and how to respond to them. So the very thing that the Lord allowed to happen in our lives that was designed to develop us and probably even help other people in the future, that very thing keeps us stuck. And so number one, have a made up mind that I am going to move past this and then recognize I may not have the tools to move past it, but there's somebody out there that has the spiritual knowledge or the natural training to help me move past this. And so just like people are like, how can I, I'm scared to do it. And I say, can you at least do it afraid? I'm going to say, if you're having a hard time loving what didn't love you, can you at least do it even though right now you don't love it? If you have a made up mind to do it, can you at least take a step? and see what happens as a result of that. That's kind of my answer to everything. Can you just take a step and see what happens? <laughs> well, I, you know, I always close the podcast by saying, if you want to follow Jesus, you have to be willing to move, right? There's, yeah. we, we have this, I think we have this kind of preconceived notion that we can just watch Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but it's when it's not, it's never been about watching Jesus. It's yeah. always been about following Jesus. And that movement is so important. You know what I think, um, can be some of the issue with that. And I'm a preacher, so I can talk bad about us if I want to. Yeah, come on. So oftentimes we preach a message of how great God is. And he is, he's better than any of us will ever be. But sometimes when you only teach about how God, how great God is, and you never teach about how great he made you to be, and we never talk about the fact that dominion, dominion, which I also think is a form of authority, is mentioned 44 times in the Bible. You know, when it tells us in John 14 and 12, greater works than these shall you do in my name because I'm going to the Father. I believe that that was the reason that Jesus was able to die because the same authority that God gave him, he gave us. He left us with the Holy Spirit inside of us that empowers us to operate in the same authority. And so for people who feel like they should either just watch watch Jesus or just go to everybody else to pray for them and, and advise them, I question whether or not you've been taught that you have authority. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I also tend to think that as preachers, we've created um, too many megaphones and not enough tables. Yeah. And so I, I often think it's a discipleship issue Yeah, around these parts, but that that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. Uh, let, let me ask you this. You're, I, I love the fact that you run on like jet octane fuel, you know, like you're, high capacity leader, you're doing amazing things to build the kingdom. What are your daily disciplines that you have to do every day in order to keep running at a pace that by all accounts is remarkable? Yeah. Th first of all, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, I don't work off of a to-do list because for me, to-do just indicates that it's going to get some time done time in the future. The only way that I am able to not only operate in as many different ways as I can, but at such a high level, and I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but 
I'm good at a, I'm great at most of the things that I do. Um, but I do a lot of things. I've got a podcast and a television show and I'm an executive for a company that is a more than full-time job. And I have my own ministry and I'm writing my next book. You know, I'm doing all these things. The only way that I can do that is with solid systems. And one of the best systems that works the best for me is that I treat anything that would be on a to-do list. I put it on my calendar with a specific time and I treat it like a doctor's appointment. Because guess what? When I'm at my doctor's office, I'm not on my phone. When I'm at my doctor's office, I'm not also folding clothes. When I'm at the doctor's office, I'm not also doing anything else except being at the doctor's office. And so I work off of a tracker. I have a big spreadsheet. I know all the things that I have to do. I have different columns on my spreadsheet. I have like speaking and I have my podcast and I have all the things broken down week by week that need to be done for all the different things that I do. And on Sunday, I sit down and I look at, okay, what are all the things across my spreadsheet? Now, y'all don't have to be big of a nerd as I am. I look at all the things that are across my spreadsheet and then I assign a time. I don't sign just a day. I sign a time in a day to get those things done. And if it weren't for that discipline, I would probably not get even a fraction of the things done um, that I that I get done. And I, and I do everything with a spirit of excellence. If I can't do it excellent, I won't say yes to it. And if I mm. say yes to it and your systems are all raggedy and the way you work doesn't allow me to be great and be excellent, I'm probably not going to continue to do it because I, I just can't do anything that I cannot do in an excellent way and not perfection hear hear me not perfection but there's a spirit of excellence in which i operate in every area of my life drives a lot of people around me crazy um but it's how i get so much done and dare i say without being you know whatever it's it's why i'm as successful as i've been in so many different areas Mm, that's good yeah Good. I, um, I use a similar method in, in my work as well in terms of like, you know, don't do a to-do list, do a calendar list and put everything on the calendar if it doesn't. And then I also block out the deep work time, right? Like, cause, um, cause if you don't block it out, it'll never happen. Right. So one of the things that you mentioned is writing. I, I think every leader is called to be a writer because communicating as a leader is so important. Um, I'm curious, do, do you have a rhythm of writing that you prescribe to, or do you have any tips for people who are like, man, I really want to get into writing or wh- what do you, what do you got for us around how to be a better communicator as a leader? I'm going to tell you what to do, not what I do, because I have to, <laughs> I have to write when I can and not because, yeah. because you know, you know how it is. I block off from two to four to write and nothing comes to me and then sure. I'm frustrated. Right. So even though I have a very rigid schedule, I still recognize that in this life, you have to be fluid and flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is what I say to people when it comes to writing. When you get ideas, don't lump all of the ideas together on like one sheet of paper. Every single idea goes on its own post-it note. And then I just, when I get those ideas, I put an idea on a post-it note. Like, let's just say, for example, I know that there is a chapter of a book I need to write or a blog that I need to write or whatever. I don't just start mapping out the whole entire thing on a piece of paper because then you're like, well, this should have went with that. And now I can't read any of it. And it's all scratched out. I put every single thought on its own post-it note and stick it on my wall or a dry ring, mm. whatever. And then I start to say, Now, which of these post-it notes kind of go together? Like, is there a similar category or similar thought process? Or like, if I talk about this, I have to talk about this with it. And then I kind of group them together. And then from those groupings, I'm like, okay, so what is this grouping called? Now, does that come a section of the blog? Is that the chapter of a book? 
And that's how I that's how I organize my thoughts when I write, because if I just try to put a bunch of stuff all in one place, it never stays in the order that you write it in. And I'm not first of all, I don't even know if I own a pencil, so I can't erase it. <laughs> you know, so and if you're trying to scratch it out and move it around, then you're like, I can't even read this. What did that say? Whereas, you know, post-it notes are sticky on the back for a reason. Like, I've got them all over. <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> move them around. I feel like we just got a deep look into your brain. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we were in my actual office and not my studio, you would be like, and, and hear me, I have a, a major love for people who have autism. I have them in my family. But you would think I was a little autistic. If you saw... Yeah. The, the way that my my actual office office is organized, you know, you see that you're on television and you watch that brain and a person gets an idea and then that video starts going. It's like, <laughs> like that's the way my brain is if I don't put it. And then I like just put those individual things on a post-it note and then I've got a whole system. I, I would take you in there if we had time. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask you this. A year from now, one year from now, uh, let's say that you and I are talking again what what are we celebrating about what God has done in your life and ministry? Oh, that is a great question. So, you know, I talked about this army of women that I'm, I'm going to begin raising up. It's December 1st, 2023, when we're recording this. I don't know when it's going to air. But at the end of this year, beginning of January, if you're following me at a God shift, that's where I'm at on Instagram, you'll start to begin to see me talk about this, this, these, these women that I'm being called to lead and what it is that we're going to be calling to do. And I'm going to be leading them to a Facebook group because everybody is not ready for this conversation. Everybody is not ready for what it is that's next. And I'm not going to cast my pearls before swine and just put it out there for the 10,000 people that are on my Instagram page. And so what you and I will be celebrating a year from now is that um, one of the things that I want to create is I want to create a training program, if you will. I'm creating a proprietary training program right now for trailblazers. I'm calling them kingdom trailblazers. That's not unique. People use that word. I'm not trying to own it. But for these women that are wanting to drive out the forces of the enemy, advance the purposes of God, and mobilize other women to do the same, I want to put together a training for that. And so if you come to me a year from now, we will be celebrating that that training is launched and that we have hundreds of women that are in that training that are going out and mobilizing other people across the world to return the world back to God's original purpose. Mm. And maybe we will even be planning my first live event that you have to teach at because that whole scale thing. And if you find yourself at a six, I've already determined you're on my list. If I pulled up my tracker right now, my spreadsheet, because I'm a little bit of a nerd, you would see your name on there because you have got to teach that to these women. Praise God. I'd love to. That's what we're going to be celebrating. The training will be launched and we will be gearing up for our first in-person explosive event. I can't wait, man. That's, I kind of wish I could get on board with that. Right. Like, uh, I want to be in the group. Um, okay. One more question for you, but before I ask it, I know 
that my uh, podcast family is going to want to keep track of. You already mentioned your Instagram. Where is the best place to learn all things Shana? And like, how do they stay in touch with your ministry? Yeah. Where are working? I want to give them a free gift because, you know, we've been been talking about like, how do we shift, right? Like, what is a God shift? And like, how do you shift? Because all of us, regardless of what we're doing, where we're going, what the Lord is calling us to do, if there's any changes, we're all shifting in some capacity of our lives. And I talked, I hinted a little bit about sometimes it's about being and not doing. Um, Sometimes it's about becoming like we're called human beings and not human doings for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I want to share a free gift and it's called when God says shift, because I know in my own life, when the Lord was shifting me from marketplace to ministry, there were several things that I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And so there are four shifts that are required, regardless of what you're shifting from and what you're shifting to. And so I wrote this free guide. It's called when God says shift. And you can get that at GodSaysShift.com, GodSaysShift.com. And that gets you in my ecosystem. You'll you'll be able to find out everything about the podcast. You'll be able to find everything about, you know, when I launched this whole, like, because there's three different types of Kingdom Trailblazers now that I've been in Pastor Tony's class. Um, there, I have three different avatars. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, and so if you want to learn more about that, if you're more about like, hey, I'm one of those women, I want to figure out how I can start to help to put an end to this foolishness. If you get on, if you download that free guide, not only is it going to change your life, um, you'll kind of be in my ecosystem and you'll be able to find out about all the things. But if you're on social media, the best places to go is to Instagram and I'm a God shift. I'm everywhere. A godshift.com, a God shift on Instagram. And that's the best way to kind of stay connected. But I would really love for them to download that free guide because there's no fluff in there. I'm the type of person that I'm like, I'm not really concerned about you being inspired and motivated. I hope you were that when you got here. I'm concerned about giving you information that is going to lead to transformation. And I hit it straight. First couple of words, what you got to do. I love it. I love it. And uh, of course your podcast as well, right? That'll, they can get to that. Yeah. A God (laughs) shift. You can subscribe to that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Last question. I always love to ask people. It's an advice question. Uh, except I'm going to ask you to go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, except I get to name the season of life that you're in. Okay. All right. So I want to take you back, um, to the day that you turned in your resignation, uh, from your big commercial job to decide to really pursue ministry differently. Mm -hmm. Right. If you could go back and sit with that younger version of yourself, pull up a chair right in front of her, sit knee to knee hold her hands and look her in the eyes. What's the one piece of advice you're going to give her about the journey she's about to go on? Don't you dare doubt yourself. Hmm. And, and that's so important for me because even though I am the type of person that will jump and figure out if the parachute is going to open later, I still do a fair bit of, you know, seeking and searching and and due diligence before, before I make a decision. So by the time I've made a decision to do something, there's no reason for me to doubt, to doubt myself because I've taken the time to figure out. Now it may not be, I don't spend a lot of time. Don't get me wrong. Like you're not going to talk to me three months from now and I'm still trying to figure out the same thing. But I do think about like what needs to be done. I figure out what needs to be done to do it. And then I, put those dates on my calendar to do it. And so by the time I've made a decision, I know that I'm ready. You know, Ephesians 2 and 10, you know, for I always give people Ephesians 2 and 10 when they're doubting themselves or they feel like they're not ready mm-hmm. because the Lord put in us 
you know, all those great things that he had for us to do, he put that in us a long time ago. So when we don't feel like we're ready, I tell him to go read Ephesians 2 and 10. And so I would tell myself, don't you dare doubt yourself. Like, you you know what the Lord is calling you to do, and you know you're prepared for this. And, you know, my, my now pastor says, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And so I think the biggest thing was, I was like, ooh, but I make really good money. <laughs> right. right. And I'm not married. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walk by faith. Right. Uh, can you tease what your next book's going to be about? Yes, it's going to be about raising up an army of women. I love it. Yeah, um, you know, the, in this new season, um, that's what I'm about. I am, I am being called to mobilize world changers who want to overthrow the plans of the enemy and advance the purposes of God. And so that book is going to be, you know, how I, how as women we can come together in unity to do that. And so the first half of the book is going to be how do you become this type of trailblazer that is doing that. And the second half of the book is going to be now, how do you go and mobilize other people to do it? Because if we're going to have the level of impact that is needed for what it is that we're seeing in this world, it can't just be a a few of us. It's got to be each one, teach one, you know, lift as you climb, bring other people along, galvanize. Um, And so that, that's what, that's everything that you see me do for at least probably the next 12 months are going to be all of the different forms of communication to raise up these leaders that are going to go out and raise up leaders that are going to go out and raise up leaders that are going to go out and raise up leaders because there's people that are in their own homes. They're tired of seeing this stuff happen. They're tired of seeing this stuff on television. They're tired of seeing this stuff in their schools. And many people want to do something about it and they just have no idea where to start. Other people know what to do, but they don't necessarily, you know, like they don't know how to put this kind of thing together or don't know the language to say. And so I'm being called to the front lines. I love it. It's so good. And, and, um, man, I'm, I'm just excited that, uh, I'm excited to what your calling is. It's going to be good for so many, uh, Shana, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for what you do to build the kingdom of God. It has been such a blessing to get to know you and promise me you'll come back on when the new book's ready and we can talk about it and celebrate all that God's doing with all the women that, uh, that you've been a part of raising up. I will. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. I told you guys what a great energy from her. What passion. I just deeply appreciate her commitment to helping people walk with the Lord. I really like the way she's talked about God being the best GPS system, about being bold and courageous and letting go of preconceived notions. notions. So I, I don't know, just love the kind of energy that she's bringing to the room. I think that if you are a woman looking to step into the next part of your leadership journey, I would challenge you to sign up to be a part of her cohort. I think she's doing some pretty incredible things. As always, I'm super thankful for you. If you have any questions for me or you want to give any feedback, I'm embarrassingly easy to find at TWMilt on all the social media handles. Also, don't forget to check out our website. Follow the number 2leadcoaching.com. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.